0: Hello guys and welcome to the latest MSC Performance Podcast. My name's Mark and I'm here today with Luke and Sonia. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about a variety of subjects. We're going to be talking about the latest uh, MSC and what's been going on with the Barbell Club, uh, things that are coming up soon. Uh, We're going to sort of link into talking about sort of peaking for uh, One Rep Max um, as we've got a little deadlift competition coming up. Um, We're going to talk about long-term versus short-term strength development and the differences um between uh, training for you know short term success and longer term strength gains and we're going to talk a little bit about percentages and uh, rpe's so first of all how are we doing guys are we i'm mundane.
1: mundane i'm mundane how are you good thank you good, good no no good. i'm good i've had a little bit of a cold it's still lingering slightly but other than that i feel pretty good you're a brave soldier i'm f- i'm in the f- trenches working hard Taking grafting. grenades, grafting so that MSC can continue. He does graft. He does graft. Oh. Three days a week, i He works grafting. three He works three days a week. <laughs> but uh, it's
0: no, a tough good. gig. It's a tough
2: gig. Hi everyone, and hi boys. Um, I'm very good. Thanks, Mark, for asking. Um, it's been exciting start to the week at MSC. Um, and I think we're all buzzing for the rest, <laughs> as we have in the big peak or week four of the current Barbell Club, so that's been the exciting thing.
0: Yeah, so. as, uh, how's that been been going this week? Uh, obviously the end so of a 16-week block and guys yeah. are doing a little bit of testing.
1: Yeah, three times a year we do um, some kind of testing. It doesn't have to be one max testing. Uh, we encourage people to at least kind of use it as a chance to kind of gauge where their strength levels are at. So we're coming into the next block, we can use that to, to see what's worked, what hasn't worked, and use that then to make adjustments into the next training block. So the more data we get, the better. So there'll be some people that have been training a long time that maybe won't quite make these rapido gains that a lot of the beginners make. But it's a good chance to kind of assess what's worked, what hasn't worked, what can we adapt to next time. So we encourage everyone to try and work up to, to something remotely heavy, depending on how good they feel. It might be a lifetime PB. For us, it might be a, a heavy single just to kind of test the waters. But uh, it's been good so far. And I think everyone's got some good results. And it's been a, an explosive start. Yeah,
2: many people said that they've never done a similar thing or like... That's why probably they out usually. So I think it's great for them to finally follow in some sort of structure and try some testing. Which, yeah, there's a big difference makes.
0: between, I think we get a lot of guys who come in who have done a bit of lifting before, um, but it's what I always call the difference between, you know, exercising and training, you know, and what we're doing is we're taking a lot of guys who, you know, have done a bit of squat, a bit of pressing, you know, they've done some, they've done some weight training, but they're kind of just like, maybe doing five fives or they're doing whatever rep scheme and they're just repeating that because you know they don't really know about how to put blocks together, how to put traded blocks together and how to how to uh, progress. Um, so I think a big thing we do well at the Barbell Club is putting those kind of structures into uh, into place really, and it's good
1: to see people reaping the rewards from that. Well, you can't undervalue the importance of like a good, effective training block. Like it's so easy to do a rep scheme and it's so easy to to add two and a half kilos, but it's so difficult to get. little minutiae differences that do really matter when you pass that beginner stage like how many sets how many reps do you seem to respond well to what exercises work for yourself where is it leading where's the progressions it's when you put together a really good training block like it's it's fantastic and when you get it right it's cool to see people making like really good gains and you don't always get it right first time Uh, but then that's where like the culture comes in place and adapting and reacting to things and you know putting things in place to make sure people are getting as much out of the training as we can, and that's the coaching process in a nutshell, I think. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and it's
0: knowing the individual and knowing the context as well. Like a lot of people say, Well, what you know is a three, you know, is three tens good? I'm, um, you know, someone, uh, someone I know the other day said, Like, yeah, like, oh, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing what was it, like five fives? Is that a good rep scheme? And it's mm. like, Well. <laughs> Yeah it's, yeah, it's you know context and development and uh you know it's an ongoing ongoing process where we have to manipulate these uh, volumes and intensities to continue to progress.
1: Um I do like that if you haven't done free tens for, for ages, that when you do free tens, it's fucking hard. Like everyone three does, tens is amazing. Mate, so <laughs> everyone does free tens forever and then you spend so long not doing free tens that when you actually do it, you're dead. Yeah. What's yeah. your three
2: tens now?
1: Mate, I haven't done a free tens on anything like belt squat and stuff I do on and it's great because uh, it is a great rep scheme but the, the, the key to it is the novelty isn't it if you haven't done it for a while all of a sudden it's a great stimulus but if you do three tens every week you're getting that diminished returns and that's why it doesn't work for long term but if you just every three months start doing some three tens, it's tough man yeah, big yeah. Time. it's tough big time um, so in terms
0: of what's coming up at uh, MSE, obviously you know we're mid-November so we're really pushing the guys hard at the moment, uh, a couple of weeks ago, myself and Max did a podcast on like the importance of pushing this month, and obviously we did one on how to manage your training load during yeah. December. Uh, if you haven't listened to those guys, worth uh, flicking back and uh, having a little listen uh, after this uh, after this body. Um, so. In terms of what's coming up, I say working the guys hard at the moment, December, we want to keep some initiative, keep the guys pushing forward uh, and training you know, uh, as, hard, as hard as we can yeah. whilst mixing in everything else that goes on in, in December and uh, the build up to Christmas. Um, so we've obviously got the MSC deadlift competition uh, yeah. on the 18th of December. Um, so that's going to be an opportunity for guys to lift nice and heavy, test out some maxes, um, on, have some fun and have some fun have some fun yeah and followed by uh, a Christmas party uh, social in the in the evening as well I think we've got the deadlift party sort of 10 till 12 yeah 10am uh, till 12 um, people could stick around a little bit after
1: that as well yeah, people are talking um, about and whiskey mulled wine <laughs> It's I'll it's not showing insurance a nice on that. it's going from a nice casual social and a deadlift come to a big session. Big session. If we're around till seven, we'll continue. Mm. So yeah. I think the dates perfect because like you said, it's that accountability and just that extra little bit of uh, incentive to train during mm. December versus just being like, Oh, I've got my Christmas party on the tenth, so I'll probably have that week off. And then all of a sudden you've had December off and you feel terrible. If you can just keep a bit of accountability and some kind of good structure up till the eighteenth. And then you have a week or two, a bit more relaxed. Like I don't see a massive problem in that. So I think it's a perfect date for people. And I think yeah. it's a great chance just to, to keep focused and it's going to be fun as well. And I, I do like the style we're doing it, like a ladder style rather than like a, a round robin. Yeah. So I think it gives people a chance to train with other people of similar strength. So like you might think at first, oh, what's the point in me doing the comp? I only deadlift I don't know 80 kilograms which is still a great lift in its own sense but it, you'll be also lifting with other people at that same strength because the ladder goes up 10 kilos every single time so the people of similar strengths are going to train together which will make it a bit more motivating and you can all support each other and then later on the bigger boys will be uh, and girls the bigger girls as well as going to some massive deadlifts uh, will be uh, representing so I think it's a good chance to support everyone
0: if you drop out at eighty or ninety, then uh, you know a few a few scoops and support the, yeah, a couple of more wines, a couple of more wines, isn't it?
1: and support you a... that wine, then? Yeah, you're <laughs> trapped by <isn't> it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, I've <laughs> i started I've started several rumors. Nice. I've started one that you're going to trap and I've started one I'm doing seven hundred pounds. There's about there's three of us that want three hundred. I thought we
2: getting involved, me and Mark.
1: We're all doing it.
2: Yeah, I know you are, but... Mate, it's a professional really...
1: obligation. It's a new contract. To...
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So so... Uh... What are the rumours of me? Well, <laughs> well the rumour is you've only got one arm, so I didn't, know, I didn't think you were doing it. <laughs> the old, uh, what's the... Uh, Jefferson. Or Jefferson, or, uh... yeah, yeah. Oh. I might have to go there, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my bicep. So... Fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you... you... Yeah.
0: Go on. <laughs> no, I just changed. it. Yeah, um, so... Cool. So yeah, if you if you're uh, if you listen to this and you're one of our members, uh, get involved. Get involved. Doesn't matter what you're going to lift. The number on the day doesn't really matter. Just going to come down, and have some fun, deadlift, drink some whiskey. Apparently, prizes. Uh, and prizes go for the uh,
1: best dressed as well, and uh, like some good. Prizes. Some good fancy prizes to be won. For fa- yeah,
0: it's fancy dress. That's important yeah, to know. Christmas. Uh, Christmas themed fancy dress.
2: Where did
0: prizes, that come from? Prizes. <laughs> for, <laughs> prizes for best dressed. I don't know what the prizes are getting. Don't get excited. It's probably it might be a grenade bar or something like that. But um we normally do it it's, normally it's winter, right. we can't afford that much. But yeah. So we'll see. So okay, so let's say you're listening to this and you're thinking, right, 18th of December, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a one rep max trap bar or conventional deadlift or whatever. Um,
1: you know, Jesus, that's a month out. What do I, what do I do? How how are we gonna prep for that? You panic. Yep. Yeah. You test your one rep max for the next three weeks. And then you repeat it on the day fantastic done see you next week no just uh the the main thing we want to talk about today is like the difference between like yeah how to peak for it and the difference between your short term how to express your strength in a month's time versus like the long term what's going to get you better over you know five months six months so we talk about like you've got a month you've done some heavy training recently how we get ready for your top end strength is what we're asking for isn't it so i think the key is the specificity of your training so you don't want to be doing sets of six sets of eight at this point you're not going to get that much out of hypertrophy within the next three weeks mm-hmm. so the key is going to be learning to express your high intensity training so getting used to to singles doubles above 90 percent of what you want to lift on the day yes. i think is going to be the key training on the nerve as they say yeah yeah absolutely and that's going to be something that will progress in like we like to use the rp but you could also use percentages or you could say i want to deadlift 100 and then work backwards and kind of let it progress but slowly start to get used to expressing your your top end strength um at that kind of 90 percent mark and that's where your biggest return is going to be so i think specificity of peaking is key
0: yeah absolutely so talking like you know maybe week one try some triples you know low to moderate volume you know three to five sets of three potentially and then building into doubles and trying some singles you know at eight nine rp a week you know a a week or two out yeah 10 10 especially
1: out. if you've not done that heavy of a training. We always talk about like your acute chronic ratios, going from doing sets of eight to all of a sudden doing a heavy single is yes. a massive spike in yeah. intensity. Yeah. We probably want to avoid yeah. what you could do is probably if you wanted to get used to doing singles, you could do like a single at a very low RPE just to get that little bit of intensity, that mm. little bit of a practice, and then do some hard triples and then maybe a bit of extra volume work there.
0: Because it is a it is a skill, isn't it? Like you see, you know, a lot of people might be able to lift you know, might be able to squat, you know, 90 kilos for, you know, for six or for eight and then miss a hundred, miss, 100, miss yeah. a single at a hundred, like you see it before. Cause there's a big difference between, you know, training at like moderate, moderate to, to, to high volumes or moderate to low intensities. uh, And then all of a sudden going in and trying, trying a max, like, for example, like, yeah, if, if you like, for me, if I'm in season and like to turn up and like try, you know, lifting a, a one rep max, like it's quite, quite a, you know, something that you'd normally build into when we do the barbell club, like you're just not used to like lifting that kind of, that kind of load. The nervous system just isn't primed for, for lifting absolutely maximal, and with the barbell club, obviously, what we do is, you know, we have the volume accumulation phase and skill development during the first block or two, and then we come into the, you know, the, the third block and fourth block. It's not just a sudden we go from sixes and eights to ones and twos and threes. We'll do the, you know, it might be like week seven, and we might be doing one set of three or one set of two, uh, you know, seven RPE or eight RPE plus the back offset so we're still getting the volume in mm. but we're just slowly getting used to it's intensity more exposure to it yeah more exposure to it and then we gradually build 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 up and I guess that kind of leads us into
1: long term versus sort of short term
2: strength li- development.
1: Literally on that note I like to think that Short term, the top end, the top sets is what gets you strong in the short term. Yes. Within the next two to three weeks, the priority is your top sets and then your back off sets are there just as kind of like to, to make sure you're not dropping too much volume and start to get that kind of detraining effect. But the long term development comes from the working sets. I don't mm-hmm. like to call them back off sets, I like to call them working sets because it reframes for what people are, are thinking about. But if you're doing a triple at seven RP and then three sets of eight after it. Everyone focuses on the triple, but actually in six months time, the thing that's going to get you better is the accumulation of work of doing sets of eight. So I think when you talk about, I've got a month out, what do I need to be doing? You need to be prioritizing your top sets. You need to be prioritizing your high intensity skill practice, long-term development. You need to be doing that little dosage of intensity, but then really pushing the volume work.
2: I really like that you mentioned how important the back of a working sets are because like, I've seen people kind of like doing their top set and then just like not really being bothered about the, yeah. the working sets afterwards, which actually they are really important overall, like in long-term, like they should be usually the solid sets, like executed well. Um, like that's often happens when like you either go too much on your top set and then you either go too light on the back offs oh, Well, working sets, I don't know how to call it now. <laughs> but like, you, you should like use it as a learning curve. So like if you feel like the back of are too tough, I think like you kind of missed it on the top set. Yeah. So you should actually use those um, like to learn um, about the RP on like how well you then worked up towards the top one. Because like I've seen it lately, like this week guys started with really good the um, working sets afterwards, which I think indicates that they did really good on the top set. Yeah like really good sets um, of the backups. And I'm pleased with that because finally it's starting to see, like they actually learned what the RP is.
1: If you're doing your work at sets and let's say you've got three sets of four after you've got a double at two and, you, all of a sudden you're finding the fours hard you're having yeah. to drop a set you drop it you have probably overshot your yeah, top yeah, yeah. set. and what you've done is you've pushed the top set at the sacrifice of your working sets which is long term what's going to develop the maximal strength and there's a time and a place to do that because like i said two weeks out from doing your testing you need to push that top set hard but if you're all year round doing a double at six rp and you're grinding out reps and then your next set shit the set after that shit and then you're done and you've missed out on you know thirty percent of your work. And that's a lot of work. Exactly. Over the yeah. Year. Yeah. So a lot of people do the top sets and sacrifice the the working sets, which ultimately is where you're going to get your In your peak return. Very
2: important,
1: yeah. So. Yeah. I think as yeah probably for, yeah
0: if we're talking long term versus short term, you know that's that's probably the key, isn't it? You know as a, again if you're if you're sort of thinking right okay do you know what I'm going to do this I'm, I'm going to do this uh, you know this event on the on the 18th of December like get amongst it lift heavy. Like you know, get get used to that. You know, you don't want to just rock rock up after doing, you know, um, low intensity and loads of loads of volume work. Um, but you know, for long term development, like you know, the the strength you know really does come from the foundation and base of of accumulating volume and, and skill and getting the, getting the work in, you know, and uh, that's, that's, that's an important thing.
1: And the other thing you talk about a lot is the uh, like fatigue, uh, fitness. Um, what's it called? The, the charts everyone goes on about. So like in terms of like your fatigue creeps up as you push your working sets, as you push your accessories, which is going to blunt short term your ability to express your fitness. Mm. Um, but you need that fatigue to build the actual strength.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but if you were going to showcase your, your strength and you'd want to keep that fatigue low. And that's where like casting for your working sets and dropping your accessories right down is what's going to be the key for that short term strength. But long-term you need that fatigue to be a little bit higher, which blunts the top end strength, which isn't a bad thing because it's different phases for different, yeah, different focuses. Um, But when you're talking about like I've got a max in four weeks, you should probably be keeping accessories a little bit easier, especially the last week or two. But again, you're missing out on the long-term development. So that's why you don't want to be doing you know 12 competitions a year because you're missing out that's the powerlifting. That's why you
0: know that's that's the reason why you're not gonna be doing
1: back-to-back comps ideally. If I have a client that does four comps a year, which doesn't sound like a lot, it slows their training progress down so much. Mm. Like two or three is the sweet spot because that gives you like Twelve to sixteen, week 16 weeks. Yeah. 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 What well, you
0: say with the barbell, we we'll do sixteen weeks. So and it's three you know, we test three a year, and it's like it comes around quick, man. Yeah, man. I know. All right. And it's did, like it's not like you're messing around in between. You know, you, you're doing the yeah, work. You're working, yeah. You're doing volume, and then even like you know the third and fourth block. So yeah, weeks like nine to sixteen, like you are putting in some heavy yeah, lifts yeah, yeah. as well. Like,
1: but when we're in that last two or three weeks, so I'm telling people to 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 take it very easy on their accessories mm-hmm. and to be dropping the RP down in the working sets and that ultimately does at least reduce the long-term progression but it's to benefit the short-term which is the testing is the priority but you just yeah. can't do that all the time man yeah right. uh, yeah, exactly
0: and then like if you're talking from a like field sport point of view and you're off season for example pre-season you might only have like four weeks or yeah. six weeks to rebuild like max strength and you know get yourself in, in for the start of the season so you might not have the luxury of you know, doing you know tons of back off yeah. work, um, you know, and, and building into it, you might have to take more of that short term, you know, short term approach. Um, so
1: we spoke loads during COVID about how this was like such a unique example to to be able to like do a really good productive off season and pre-season compared to normal, and able to actually push the long term stuff a little bit harder than you would do for the short term. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, normally you get you know you get
0: four weeks off before you you're back um and then you are on all day for two weeks and then you're like yeah so six, yeah it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah so uh yeah you've got to take more of that that short-term approach so both both are very useful short-term and long-term approach generally speaking we would obviously much prefer a long-term uh approach is going to be more more beneficial uh more sustainable um for you know say like when you're when you're coaching powerlifters and olympic lifters you would look at like ideally more of a long-term and planning competitions so that you can get those big yeah. training blocks. Like Olympic lifters, like sometimes quite bad for doing like lots of comps, um, you know, and they think, right, it's not a lot of time and attention on the lifts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just for the sake of um, like,
2: you can't peak that many times. Yeah. A year.
0: yeah. So, um, you know, um, but it's, yeah, something, something to look out for. And especially like, say when you, when you're looking for like, you know, building good, you know, general strength and you're not you're not competing in anything, for example, then absolutely like look at taking that that long term, long-term, long-term uh, approach. Moving on. Fantastic. We're gonna take a small break. Sonia's leaving us. She's actually got work to do. Uh...
1: thank you for joining us, Sonia. <clears throat> yeah, but it is interesting. I do think it's like how people are so focused sometimes on that short term. And I've got to get this really good top set. And it is like you do miss out on the, the quality of work that you're doing after it. And I think it is really interesting. It is worth touching upon because it's like you see on Instagram all the time, the the big lifts, the big top sets. Mm. No one sees the accumulation of all the work that goes within that. No one uh, sees,
0: the, you know, sees the dumbbell split squat three sets a day. Yeah. Like it's
1: not that. No one's watching Sorry, the top lifters do three sets of seven at 70% or 67%. Neck work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it is really interesting, not all the, the long-term stuff that, Allows you to do the short term well, yeah, but you never see it, so it's, yeah. inter- it's, it's really important to talk about it. I mm, yeah, maybe something for um, you know, some some amateur
0: kind of you know beginner beginner guys to, to look out for actually. Because, like I say, you know, they'll be looking on Instagram, they'll be looking at you know the highlight reels, they'll be looking at the highlight reels, yeah. Again, nobody's nobody's filming you know the the, the split squats, the Malekna, the Copenhagen planks, yeah. like stuff like that. Nobody's filming the three sets of 10. Um, you know, people are seeing the top lifts, and I think uh, you know if you're a, if you're a beginner and you're looking to get into lifting, you might look at that and think, "Oh shit, that's that's how way, you train, yeah. that's how you do it." And yeah. what they don't realise is the the work and preparation that's uh, that's gone gone yeah. behind that. And it's you know in strength training and powerlifting, it's the same as you know any 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 yeah. any sport, any field sport is you know, like you watch the match, and that's like the the player. You, you know, putting all the training into practice. Yeah. What you don't see is, you know, the footballer doing the small-sided games, of work, the, the yeah. skill work, the passing drills. You know, the, the the speed work, the strength work. You know, that you're not seeing all those hours of drills, and then they go and um, and perform. You yeah. know, and it all comes to together. So, you know, you, you're not going to get better by just going out and
1: playing. It's a great example. Soundless. Is uh, is like uh, Robin, your um, pole vaulter. And it's like, you think, oh man, he must just do speed work all the time. It's actually like, well, how is he going to express that speed and power? It's like he needs to have a good foundation of this. He needs to prevent injuries that are repetitive from this. Are so we doing this? And that's the long term development again, versus that. I mean, how long is this season? It's very, very short. Very it? short, yeah. So he's yeah. got all he's this got time to build up for Yeah, it's,
0: it's short, yeah.
1: So you has got like all this long term progress that then goes into the shortest cycle ever where he's starting to express his ability to do a good pole vault and it is the the injury prevention work it's the you know a bit of hypertrophy work i imagine far out yeah Um, yeah big time then yeah into some good strength work and then all of a sudden you're expressing it and you never see all that you just see him doing an impressive pole vault yeah yeah Um,
0: yeah i mean off season he's put you know four or five kilos on um you know, mostly muscle mass, we think. Um, and uh, you know, like I say, yeah, you're starting to slowly transfer that now as we get a little bit closer and we're edging closer towards uh towards competition. But like yeah. absolutely, you said the you know, you think, right, okay, sport specific, yeah, it's a fast explosive event. Let's do everything fast and explosive. But you know, we you know, we we spend weeks you know, doing is we we did a whole four week block of you know of of tempo work. Yeah, yeah like yeah. loads of tempo work. There's a slow, controlled work, and you're thinking that's exactly the opposite. Gives against
1: everything. Yeah, it's not sport is.
0: specific, but it is actually very sport specific. <laughs> we're building up that robustness and those those uh, foundations for the more explosive work and the high intensity stuff Well,
1: i think about times of like we've had like american football teams come down we've had rugby teams come down and the coaches have been like we need to improve our power we need to improve the speed of this team and then you look at them and there's Today, like the z of our strength we start well actually yeah we need to improve their strength base because then we can express the power a little bit better but they all see it as our oh, counterintuitive. These people are slow. We need to be more powerful. Slow. Yeah. Slow. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's really interesting that like that long term, it's like, okay, in eight weeks, we need to improve your power, but the first four weeks, we're going to improve your strength, which is then going to allow us to express your power a little bit better one in four weeks' time. So it's almost that little sideward step to then allow it to progress further. Yeah, yeah If yeah, you took yeah. this group of people that had zero strength base and tried to get them to do some good speed, they've got nothing to express. Yeah. Um, so it is looking, again, the bigger picture versus just acutely. If they 100%. said we need to improve our power in a week or two weeks you would go specifically with the power work. If you, got you do that, the best you can. You do what you can. <laughs> um, but if you've got the luxury of that extra time, then you're looking at the long-term and setting yourself up with the periodization to be ready when you need to be ready versus being powerful eight weeks out. 100%. percent.
0: So uh, this week, we've obviously got a lot of our guys testing and trying out some, some one-rep maxes. So I think we talk, wanted to talk a little bit about um, percentages and RPEs and how we can use these newfound one rep max is moving forward into another another cycle.
1: Yeah. So when we first started Baraclow, we we did use quite a lot of percentages. Um, but what's happened is as as the as we progressed we got a little bit bigger, the individual differences is just bigger than it used to be. Mm. Um, and when I'm talking about that I'm talking if I had 75% for three sets of five and Mark had 75% three sets of five we would have very different stimuluses and that's because we're lifting different weights. Mark's, if you're not now, he's slightly taller than me. So he's working for a bigger range of motion. So actually I'm going to get more repetitions at um, a given percentage on average. Um, at 80%, I might get 10 to 12 reps. Mark might get six to seven because when you're adding up the, the work and the distance traveled, if you, if you add that into the, if you factor that in like the amount of work I do over eight reps is probably the equivalent of you doing six yeah. so like when you factor that in it's a very individualized difference so we don't we've stopped really giving percentages as a as a guidance because of these individual differences and like i said the studies where you look at the correlation between like femur length and the amount of squats you can get at a given percentage and there's a very clear correlation between distance traveled and reps achieved so if we gave 70 percent free sets of eight barney that's six foot three is going to have a torrid time He's going to be grinding reps out. He's going to be next to James. It's very suited to squat for short femurs, and he's going to probably find it a quite a comfortable session. So, the reason we give RPs because it allows us to take into it allows us to factor in these individual differences, as well as adjusting things based off how you're feeling on the day, mm. based off external stress, uh, what you have got going on at work, etc. So. We Don't particularly like to give percentages, however, I imagine the way that we could move forward with it is like a, a bracket that we've done in the past. I guess, yeah. um, so just giving people three sets of eights, giving them a rough RP what we're aiming for, and then a, a guide weight of like the option. 70 to 75 percent, somewhere within there, 90 percent of the people are going to fall into.
0: Yeah, definitely 100. percent I think like that's that's been one of the great things emergence of RPE was say like back in the day, not just as like every. Everyone to do a vest and would work off Which percentages. You know, and it'd be like, you know, I remember like, you know, everyone was like, oh, it's, you know, five sets of five at 80%, like, or 85%. And it's like, Jesus, like 25 yeah. reps at that kind of percentage. You've got to be right on the money on a given day to be able to, to lift that. So the daily fluctuation thing is a big thing for me, I think with like you say, you know, stress is stress and stress builds fatigue, whether that's training stress, external stress life, from work, yeah. from, you know, life or whatever, you know, that is going to play a role and who's to say you're going to come on that day. Like it, you know, it doesn't work in a linear fashion where like, you're going to be feeling a little bit better every day for the rest of your life like it doesn't work like yeah. that There's ups and downs there's good days there's bad days yeah. and i think percentages like and I, I used to swear by percentages years ago like you know it was like if 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 it was written on the paper i had to hit it <laughs> um whereas now like you know you realize there's gotta be that flexibility at and least I think, a degree of flexibility exactly yeah. and i think rp gives you that um, that flexibility to push the better days to pull back on the, on the, on the bad days um, especially like from what you know a lot of what I do obviously with the field sport and being a weekend is like you know I never, I never really work on well I never work off percentages in season now it's like all RPE because you know you might have a you know real tough battle on a Saturday yeah, and yeah, be yeah. battered you, you know and, and I might have some games like in, in my position where like I don't do a lot. Um, that which is game we two minutes. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, 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 hanging at the back. Yeah, hanging at the back. Um, so I think it's good to have that that flexibility. Um, there are some critics of RPE, and you know, some of the some of the uh, critics talk about you know people not being able to judge their RPEs accurately. And I think there's I think there's a a,
1: a point there. But and I also I say, I think there's a, I hear a lot about it being like a a a lazy coaching or allowing people to be lazy. Um, and I yes. think that can be true sometimes where like if, if you programmed a low RPE, like people can be lazy with it and people can make excuses rather than like trying to lift as intentfully as you can. Yeah. I think that is also a thing, like not neither of them are perfect. Um, but it, it is, yeah, there are negatives to the RPE as well. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. And that's where the, the combination works quite well. Like there's one or two of my guys, I won't mention names, but like sometimes can be a little bit lazy on the on the RPE um so i'll often do what we were talking about then like potentially doing for the barbell club is like rpe but then also like the uh, the percentage or roughly the you know bracket right. of percentage you want to be in because they can you know uh i'll be watching them and it's meant to be a, a seven rpe and it's it's a five but yeah. they're like oh that was tough that was a, yeah, that was yeah, an eight yeah, yeah. um so putting those percentage yeah. and sometimes saying look mate we've got to hit this um but you know no, that that's rare and i say i'm a big advocate of rpe and i think you know obviously you are too and the thing there's more with, pros than there are cons yes. for sure
1: and the thing is with the accuracy of the rpe is like there's a difference between aiming for like a six or seven rpe missing it by one rep where you're still going to get a good stimulus if you're aiming for a seven rpe and you it's a six you think oh, i've undershot it but it's only by one rpe yeah uh, that's not the end of the world you've no. still got a good stimulus if it's meant to be an eight RP, it's meant to be a triple eight RP, and you do two reps and you miss your third. That's a massive, massive overshoot. But yeah. I think the people that are missing the RPs like that are chasing numbers rather than actually trying to follow the program diligently. So mm-hmm. I think. You are going to miss the RPE. Like you look at the studies into RPE, but also anecdotally, the longer you do it, the better you get at a gauging your RPEs. And also the higher the RPE, the easier it is to gauge as well. So like yeah. a triple at six RPE is a lot harder to gauge than a triple at nine RPE. Yes. I think you can use your warm-ups a bit more effectively to kind of figure that out. Yeah. But there are things you can do to improve your, your accuracy. The main one I think is just tracking your program. Because the first week when you've got a triple at six RPE and you massively undershoot it. A, you could do this again or B, coming into next week you're like right last week i did 100 kilos and it was yeah. way too light this week i'm going to jump up quite a big jump i'm going to no do 110 yeah and it's just one week yeah. and then you're on you're on the path yeah yeah and the more information you get the more weeks you get under your belt the better you log your program where you're like well this was a five rp the more data you've got you can start to figure out roughly what your rp yeah. is going to be and then rather than be like i haven't got a clue where to put my triple you've roughly got a weight you're like oh well in the past i've done a triple at seven and it was 110 kilos yeah. this week i could yeah. try and do 112 or i feel a bit tired so it'll be one seven. as long as you've got that starting point you can then use that to to factor it in and yeah. you should be keeping a log of your training to be able to make these decisions better
0: yeah and try especially if you take your long-term development like long-term strength development you know progress is uh, you know just the key is to try not overshoot probably isn't it you know if you undershoot a little bit it's probably not a bad thing yeah. you know like say you could you can learn from that the next wow. week you'll be like look i was probably taking the piss a little bit there that was a bit too easy yeah let's let's have another five or ten kilos yeah. and see where we're at there and then that's another week's experience you know and getting used to it and you know for the next block yeah. the next cycle or whatever it is you, you know the next time you know okay like i know roughly where i am for a you know know, for a six rpe triple on back squat
1: it is interesting because there are negatives to both of them like if you're under if you're chronic undershooter, you're missing out on the stimulus every single week and you know the people that are doing that and then they're not making as good progress because they aren't working as hard as they should do but i still think that overshooting is worse because the the short-term fatigue increases the the higher risk let's say Mm -hmm. um he's going to have more of a detrimental effect on the next training the next set while well, an undershoot might actually allow you to push your training harder if you're adjusting it and taking it into account. But if every single week for the next 10 weeks you undershoot by two RPA, you've missed out on 10 weeks of harder training. Yes. So I definitely think there's uh, negatives to benefits of both. But ultimately, we know with time is that like if you're tracking your training and you're writing this stuff down, that your accuracy should improve yeah. and over time you should get so much better at logging what gets measured gets managed there you go i have one actually anecdotal story about like why we don't use rpes they did like a for british powerlifting they do like a christmas squat challenge um and i it was like the five minutes one we've done that and that's like ridiculous um but this one was um 60 of your max for 20 reps straight and like the short guys like me are doing like 20, you know, 60%, which is, you know, what, like 150 kilos, I think it is. Um, and you're doing 20 reps and it's it's grim. It's not nice, but mm-hmm. you're completing it. And then you're a Tony cliff that's like second at Europeans, second at worlds, beg your pardon. And he got 17 reps. He couldn't do the set. Mm-hmm. And it's like you factor in that he's a lifting another like 80 kilos on top of my Mac. So he's, he's doing like 60%, like almost 200 kilos. <laughs> And then you factor in that he's taller and he's actually missed a set of 20 Amazing. at 60%. So if the program for the day was a set of 20, he, he's missed it. And yeah. I've done it. I'm out of breath and I'm gassed, but like I've done it. Yeah. So if you just went off the percentages all the time, like there'd be people missing and yeah. there'd be people undershooting like massive.
0: It's so, it's so different on an individual basis, yeah. like percentages. Is
1: there anything else you like to do for uh helping people improve their RPE? Like, is there anything that you do for people that are like chronically undershooting? mm to be honest,
0: I think the the big the biggest thing is like you say the the tracking, the tracking, the reviewing, the analyzing, the kind of you know fatigue management and you know questionnaires that we do in barbell club works yeah. really well um and kind of you know just learning learning from that really yeah um you know it was probably the biggest thing no, i can't think of anything on top of
1: my head uh, I, I quite like saying the, the big ones people on the shoot is single leg work and it's <laughs> always the leg yeah. press and stuff like that yeah so like bless her nav to bless her she'll do like a, and i'll be standing next to her so i'm watching the set and she like oh i was like oh what do you Can i she you six up beer? do you really think you'd only get four more reps? And then all of a sudden, as soon as you say it like that, they're like, oh, I don't know. People
0: can definitely skimp yeah. out on the accessories. Yeah. yeah.
1: If you get someone to amrap their sets, so you say, tell me when you think you're at a six RP, or like they say, the last set was a six, Right, well, right, well, let's try and do an amrap. Mm. and they've done 10 kilo dumbbells for for 10 reps it's a 6 rp and then the next set they get 20 you're yeah. like well actually you're at a zero rp by by definition 10 reps in reserve yeah um you've undershot it by by 10 reps mm. um so i think you can do reps every so often if you wanted to gauge it, actually if you're like hard oh, because people say i don't know if i've got two or three or four reps in reserve and like said, it doesn't actually matter that much as long as it's fairly close um it's a good shout out but it, you could it, also actually work yeah, yeah. definitely I've never like, seen a single leg to 8 RP. no a 6 RP is grim I've yeah. never seen anyone do an 8 yeah Um that's the thing I think like yeah
0: sometimes you can have on the programme like yeah dumbbell split squat 6 RPE and people think oh, yes. you know, it's nice nice and easy and it's like if it's being done to truly a 6 RPE it's a that's a that's a tough set <laughs> like that's a tough set yeah, to yeah. leave like 3 or 4 reps in reserve like if you think about that now, as, a, as a split squat bloody hard like yeah yeah. yeah, people do take their accessory work like probably a bit too too
1: easy i think just the occasional map just to let you you know and then like if you're doing like a triple at eight rpe uh or let's let's say low rpe because it's hard to we we know from the research the lower the rpe the harder it is to to gauge it yeah if you said someone like triple at seven rpe and then do the same weight again and just unwrap it Hmm. and then if you're getting If you're getting six reps, you (laughs) know it's right. If you're getting eight, ten, you know you're missing it by two or three RP. If you're doing more than ten, then you need to assess your... uh, Occasionally keeping yourself or your athletes
0: honest. Accountable, absolutely. Um, Um,
1: So there are things you can do, but... Just
0: little, yeah, little reminders, little reminders of how to to gauge. Because you can get in the habit, I think, of thinking like sixes and sevens are comfortable. Whereas like... They're actually yeah, not yeah.
1: necessarily that comfortable had,
0: uh, especially with accessory. When we
1: talk about the long term and short term. So if I finished a competition with someone, I remember one of my clients from uh, Cambridge and um I was like, oh, off season now, like we really want to like push your accessory work super hard. And she was like, Luke, you've you've said to push the accessory work hard, but the the single leg work is six RP. And I was like, Well, I have I've, it, I've, I've it, seen your it. six RPs. <laughs> Um, and I know that they're, uh, they're not actual 6 RP. And if you're doing a legit split squat to a 6 RP and you're lifting that with intent and hard. getting as hard as you can, it's super tough, man. And you're not going to do a 9 RP split squat. No one's yeah. doing that because it's yeah. fucking horrible. Yeah. Um, but you would do a 6 RP and that's more of a realistic thing. But it's that in, it's not like you said, you see a 6 RP, you're oh, fantastic. Light session, cost through. It's like 6 RP. Work as hard as I can within that constraint of RP. So push that accessory work hard. Push your, your working sets hard but within the RP that you set. So you're getting a good amount of working across it rather than, like, one good set. Maybe there's something to be learned from, you know, certain bodybuilders who, you know, push their accessory yeah. work hard. You like, look at you look in the I've gym done, and you can tell... I mean, yeah. you can just tell who... You yeah, tell who yeah. pushes their accessories hard and who doesn't. I've done an
0: odd session with old John Bugland and, like, it's fucking grim, mate. Like, yeah, it's literally like, you know, I'll say to you, oh yeah, I've got, like, a couple of sets of eight, uh, like yeah seven RP, and it's like it's let's like go it take yeah. it take you to the absolute max and it's <laughs> like am i it doing push, it pushes you hard enough where you're like like it might not be your last rep but like it's bloody hard it's burning yeah, yeah and you're like fuck i maybe could have done like two more reps and it's like that's an eight rp or an eight and a half rp that's what it's like, like it that's not off the scale like yeah, it's not yeah, a yeah. 10 yeah like it's, it's a good honest like eight yeah, do you know what I mean? Right. If, you, if you push one. it, you get a couple of dumbbells. You do see a dumbbell, you know, shoulder press, and it's like you get to a seven RPE and like have three reps left in the tap. Like, that's a hard set, yeah, 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 that's a hard set. So, yeah. yeah, I think like there's a bit, there's a bit to be learned from that. I always say that yeah, bodybuilders settings. could
1: learn a lot from, from us and from palaces, but we could learn a lot from them, man. Yeah, they, they do. train hard. our oh, mates are ridiculous, yeah, yeah. yeah some of them is like a lot of forced reps and stuff like that. You've got to ignore that part, but like the actual intent to lift as much as they can. You know, it's, yeah. It's, it's quality. Yeah. That's so. it.
0: Yeah. When you, when you're not used to it and like, you know, I'll admit for myself, like, you know, if I'm doing like lat raises and like, you know, my shoulders started to burn. I'm like, oh, bloody hell. Like that's, 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 that's enough. Head, Whereas like, yeah. You probably do six or seven. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like there was probably like another 10 reps in there and it's like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. um but uh, but again like going back to the like long-term long-term short-term there's got to be uh, a balance the other way as well of like we say if we're building up to like testing or max or competition or in season you don't want to be doing if, if you're nine doing RPE, yeah.
1: like, split if, you're, squats. if you're maxing your squat and you've got a tr- uh, set of 10 nine rpe on your split squat, that's going to have an effect on your squat. But yeah. three sets of six and five, six RP is not going to really affect your main squat. So there's a time and a place because short term is about expressing your strength for that one set. The long term mm. is about accumulating the work. So out of the um out of your prepping for competition and peaking and, and maxing out, you want to be pushing the sets hard. Short term it's priorities, the top sets, the working sets are there just to to keep the amount of yeah. work steady to avoid that massive graph drop off, which we know can affect your strength. So absolutely in those off seasons, get it done. Getting, you know, you can train like a bodybuilder in the off season. Well, yeah, um, yeah, with that mentality perhaps. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. For sure. Um, so yeah. Watch a watch a Ronnie Coleman uh, leg press video before uh, you jump on the leg press. Absolutely. Maybe get another four reps. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> Quality. Um cool, happy to round up there. I think that was a
0: lovely yeah. lovely podcast. Fantastic. Um yeah, hopefully you all enjoyed that uh, listening uh, listening at home. Um yeah, and we'll round up there. Thank you very much for uh, for listening, um, I say if you are uh, considering doing the deadlift competition on the 18th, for coming to the social, just just do it.
1: I'm on just the uh, I'm it. on a recruitment drive. I think we're going to get some good people doing it. How many? Think, how many do you think we're going to get? I reckon 20. I know I reckon there'll be some. Like I saw Will Reed um trap track yesterday. I was like, he's he's, he's interested. Yeah. I'm going to do it. You're doing it. Yeah. um I'd like to get chalky and he's uh, he could deadlift like. You're it's close a to point. 300 on a conventional, yeah. so I reckon you could do like 330. Yeah, big
0: numbers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's uh, gonna be a good day. Yeah, and a few scoops as well. A few, no uh, few mold wines um, and uh, a social in the evening as well, a few few beers. So uh, 10 till 12 is a deadlift comp. Stick around for a couple, you know, after that if you want, then shoot off and then come back. And then we go again. We go again, <laughs> as they say. um yeah.
2: Fantastic. Cool. Thanks for yeah. tuning in. Cheers, guys. Till next time. Nice.